Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Today we are going to discuss about local SEO, how you can outrend big and popular websites in the top 10. I know that you have the struggle to overcome Zillow, Yelp, many other websites. That's why I'm so excited to learn more about that with Dan Thompson. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I love learning. I love learning how to get results, how to compete with big brands. Then, before we start, just tell more about your self-experience, background, and why you choose local SEO, not international, not blogging, just local SEO. Any insights about that? Yeah. Um, so the, my background is I started actually uh, building affiliate sites probably about 10 years ago. Uh, so I did that for several years. And, and the short version is basically we were building affiliate sites. We we, we had a couple of people who came, approached us and you know wanted us to help them with their businesses. Uh, so we took them on as clients. Um, that's kind of how we, our, our agency got started. We kind of fast forward 10 years later now, we're, we're, uh, we're exclusively, uh, you know, focusing on local SEO, working with small businesses, um, and, uh, trying to help with, help them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Okay. You know, uh, can you tell, uh, how to create the right strategy? I think everyone, everything starts from the right strategy because I see when people check out, uh, competitors create the same strategies for example open semrush iShares, most any other tools they see this high volume keywords i can feel wow i want to get them i need yeah. to jump with that but uh, for local seo it's not good idea and in the end we need to think more about sales not traffic because uh, once i spoke with webmaster who lost 400 traffic because google dropped his ranking positions but he didn't lose any sales so he got a lot of traffic, but yeah. this traffic didn't sell. So yeah. can you tell how to create the right strategy for local SEO? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it kind of starts with just, again, the, the keyword research component is still there. It's about, uh, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what markets are you in? Uh, what services do you offer? Um, and and which, which of those services within those markets uh, actually get search volume. So there's there's a bunch of different tools you, you can use, but we use a tool called Mangles, which is um, basically lets you uh, geolocate to see how much search volume there is for, you know, dentist near me or, uh, you know, self-storage or whatever it might be uh, within specific, very specific um, kind of geographic areas. So whether it's a town, a city, a, uh, a region, or actually a country itself, you can kind of look at those, use a tool like that to basically look at uh, what search volumes actually exist for um, your location and your service. And the biggest thing for me is that's where it always starts is we want to start with sort of the high intent keywords. Um, you know, as nice as it, is, as it is to rank for something like, uh, let's say you were uh, like, you know, if you're a plumber, like how to fix a leaky sink, that's great. But the reality is, is that's, that's an international or global search term. And 99.9% .9 of people that are searching for that term aren't going to convert into leads. Um, now that the, those types of th those types of uh, keywords do play a you know do play a role with local SEO, but but what's more important obviously is ranking for you know plumbing company X where you know if whatever city or, or area you're in. Um, and again, there's a lot of people think that 
there's only one or two keywords that you can target. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm a plumbing company. So I'm going to go after the, the keyword plum, plumbers Calgary or plumbing company Calgary. But there's a bunch of long tail keywords as well, where people are searching for, you know, a sink repair Calgary, or they're searching for hot water tank repair or hot water tank replacement or whatever it is. So you got to really just dive in and figure out, okay, yes, you're a plumber, but what are the services you're offering? And also what locations do you service? Because, um, you know, for many of these local businesses, uh, if you don't have a physical storefront, so I mean, it's, it's a little bit different if like you're say a dentist, it's like, well, the, the radius of people that are going to come see you is maybe a few miles. Um, so now obviously you're kind of, you're constrained within one location, but if you're a plumber or if you're, um, you know, a drywaller or, um, you know, you're an electrician, whatever it might be, um, you know, you likely service your main town and then all the suburbs around it, or maybe you service a suburb and all the, all the smaller towns kind of around that suburb. So um, those are kind of the two things that we, we tend to look for is locations and services. Uh, that's kind of where our, where our strategy always kind of starts in terms of trying to figure out, okay, um, you know, what keywords are actually available. And then from there, we can sort of dive in and go, okay, how competitive they are, are they? Because if you're, for instance, a plumbing company in Calgary, again, just using that analogy, um, there's going to be, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, you know, a, a few million people or a million people in Calgary, and it's going to be very competitive for plumbing Calgary. Um, now, if you go down, if you niche down a little bit and you start looking at some of these things like sink, sink repairs, um, you know, just slightly longer tail keywords, we can actually start to rank for some of those a little bit easier than sort of the big chunky meaty keyword. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Okay. I want to know more about volume. You mentioned about volume uh, that we have this tool. I'll submit this tool in the description uh, to this podcast. But um, I want to know about uh, how it's accurate to analyze volume for local SEO because I know some projects get uh, high results with zero volume keywords uh, because tools uh, don't see any data, but they create content. And people are looking for this content. Probably Google doesn't share this uh, keywords in Google Keyword Planner or some tools don't know uh, the right volume. So what do you think? Is it good idea to optimize with zero volume and uh, how to find such keywords? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to um, a lot of trying to find some of the zero keywords or sort of zero volume keywords comes down to sort of common sense. Um, if you were a consumer, would you search that? Uh, and that, that's honestly like, you know, when you're thinking about it that way. And the other thing you can do. So, for instance, let's say that you're looking for, um, again, let's say we're pretty far down the funnel and we're saying, okay, um, you know, uh, leaky faucet repair plus city. And let's say there's no volume for that search term in that city, but you're in a smaller town. Go take a look at that exact same search term in a larger town. If there's search volume in that town, well, there's definitely search volume in your town, even if it's showing up as zero. It's just it's just small enough. And, and again, they tend to be estimates. And especially when you start getting to local local SEO, sometimes you get um, into situations where, you know, if there wasn't enough search volume recorded for that month, it's going to show up as zero, even if there are actually searches. Um, so it's definitely I, I definitely don't write off zero search volume keywords. Uh, it, it's certainly something that as, as most SEOs know and understand those, those, uh, volume estimates are exactly that they're estimates. And a lot of times they, um, you know, you can, you can rank for a keyword that you think is going to have all this, you know, a ton of search or a ton of search volume, you rank for it. 
uh, you know, and all that's like, wait, where's all my traffic? And then the, on the other side of it is sometimes, you know, you, you rank for a keyword that doesn't seem like it's got a lot of search volume. And all of a sudden that page is getting hundreds of, of visits per month. You're like, well, wait a second, something doesn't add up here. So um, you definitely see it more. It's easier to see, I think, on, you know, informational sites, affiliate sites, uh, larger sites where you're kind of able to target some of those um you know, larger informational keywords where you kind of see that discrepancy. But even with local SEO, there's definitely a case where, you know, we'll see some clients where we built the page out and there's no search volume and they're getting some traffic to that page every month. So that indicates to me that, hey, people are actually searching for this. It's just uh, it's just low volume or, or the estimates are slightly inaccurate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I have the question about uh, blog. Uh, almost all websites have uh, blog content. And yeah. uh, some topics uh, can be international, but can help with uh, specific services. For example, I don't know, like, uh, let's imagine the topic, uh, a sink uh, is clogged uh, or uh, plumbing, uh, so, uh, not services, I don't know, like uh, to fix some uh, in plumbing. Can you tell uh, how it's important to uh, cover topics that uh, are international uh, or even national, not international, national, but uh, not specific uh, region, you know, uh, because uh, the problem is the same, but uh, you can cover content uh, outside your region. Is it a good idea? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. I think uh, I think it kind of plays. There, there's two important roles that I think that type of content plays. So the first one is some of that actually can be uh, bottom of funnel type content, uh, or yeah. So some of it actually does fall sort of mid funnel or bottom funnel. Um, when you're talking about, for instance, like a lot of times, if, uh, a great example of this is our pricing keywords. So how much does X Y Z cost? So it's like, how much does it cost to fix my, my, how much does it cost to replace a faucet? Um, mm -hmm. Typically what you'll see, or quite often what you'll see is that some of that content's going to be geo, you know, some of the, some of the results are going to be geolocated or they can be geolocated. Um, if people mm -hmm. are searching within a certain area, because they, again, they're looking for how much does it cost to replace, you know, a certain, you know, a faucet in their area versus generally speaking uh and faucet may not be the best example because a lot of that's probably going to come up with like you know home depot and things like that giving you prices of of how much a faucet actually costs but um a lot of these services people search for you know how much does it cost to build a new deck how much does it cost to uh build a new fence um so pricing keywords are often you know something that you can make use of both in terms of like you know, useful content that's that would be blog content and also content that might actually convert some of those users as well. Um, and then the other kind of role that I find that content plays, and this is something we're getting, uh, I, I'm kind of coming a little bit full circle on this because, uh, you know, I think when we started initially, I didn't I didn't really think there was that much value in, in kind of creating some of the top, some of the content. Um, that didn't have any search intent, or at least didn't have search intent that was geolocated. Um, but what I'm finding, and, and, and I guess my, my my thoughts are kind of starting to trend more towards this, where you know I'm starting to be a bit of a believer in you know ranking, having a website that ranks and gets traffic is is a trust signal for Google, um, mm -hmm. in the sense that. Um, if you're able to basically start generating a little bit of traffic, you're starting to generate some of these user metrics, et cetera. And I think that can actually help with ranking your kind of high intent keywords as well. So when I'm thinking about content like that, I'm not going after, um, 
I'm just trying to think of a good example here. I'm not interested in going after like, you know, um, trying to think of something that would be, uh, basically I'm not interested in going after super high volume, mm -hmm. uh, high difficulty informational keywords. I want to get like really niche within my, my, you know, the businesses industry that has like low search volume, but isn't very competitive. And so I basically I'm trying to use that to start generating a little bit of organic traffic because I think that actually helps starting to help start rank some of those uh, high intent keywords that we're looking to actually rank for that actually do bring in money. Um, and so that's kind of how I think about that when I'm I'm uh, when I'm you know recommending that hey let's let's create some blog content for this site because it's too it's all too often that we see these these business websites that have hundreds of blog posts and they get no traffic they're poorly written articles. They're optimized for, if they are optimized, they're optimized for these gigantic terms that they have no chance of ranking for. And at that point, in my mind, that's just spam. And so when I'm looking at creating blog content for local businesses, you know, I really want to find content that I can actually rank for, even if it doesn't bring in actual, you know, even if it doesn't result in converting, you know, uh, clicks to, to uh, customers, I know that that's going to help rank, you know, that adjacent topic uh, or that adjacent high intent keyword. Um, and so that's kind of the, the, the way that I view that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Okay. Uh, I'm interested how to compete with big websites. For example, if uh, I'm looking uh, for new apartment, if I search on Google, uh, rent in Florida, uh, I can see Zillow, realtor.com, many other websites, big websites. Yeah. I trust them. I know them. But uh, what small business owners can do if they provide high quality services uh, in this niche but in the top 10 you can see big websites like zillow realtor many others if you're looking for yeah. a restaurant you can find TripAdvisor, yelp so any tips how to compete with them yeah so i mean the first thing is like you know the when you get those aggregators so you get you get the zillows you get the the yelps you know, um, you know, uh, home advisor, whatever it might be, when you kind of get those large aggregators, um, the, the first thing that I look at is like, okay, do those large aggregators take up spots one through 10? Because if they do, chances are the, your, the search intent isn't right. Because what they're serving is actually different than what a local business isn't serving in terms of like their pay, the content on their page. So some some keywords just naturally have a tendency to um, display more of those aggregate uh, aggregators, where it's like they're just looking for lists of top tens, basically. Now there is there are some things you can do. Um, you know, you you can basically create content that's similar to that in terms of having the top 10 list. Now you're probably going to be including some of your competitors, which people don't like doing. But my thought is always, I would rather be, you know, if I could show up for with, with an aggregator type blog content piece, I would rather sort of control, you know, who shows up first, AKA you, and also, you know, what you're, what's kind of written about them, how much you feature, et cetera. So I do think there's a lot of value in, in, in sometimes going after those keywords as well and using sort of like the, you know, cause again, if you, if you search like best, best XYZ company, like whatever it is, almost all of those are going to be aggregators because it's essentially they're looking, you know, the user's looking for a list of keywords. I saw this really, this really interesting example, not that long ago of a roofing company in Nashville. And this is kind of where the idea came from. Um, and I think they ranked like third or fourth for the term best roofing company, Nashville. Um, and 
that's a hugely valuable keyword. And so they, they've got themselves number one. And then, yeah, they've got competitors down below, you know, so they got one, two, three, four, they got seven people that they're basically featuring, but of course they're featuring themselves. Number one, you're on their website. So that's the first thing you're looking at going, okay, you know, you have a much higher chance to convert that customer than say the other six people on that list, because you, first of all, you're putting yourself first, second of all, you're already on your website. So um, I think that can be a tactic that you can use. Um, but generally speaking, what we want to see is basically a mix of, of search results. So it's very rare that Google's just going to display, you know, a list of aggregators in the top 10 for a generic keyword like, you know, again, um, plumbing Calgary or, um, you know, roofing contract or roof, roofers uh, Nashville, whatever it might be. Um, and certainly there are keywords that lend, it, that lend themselves more towards the individual businesses and less towards the aggregators. And you can you can figure that out just by going and looking at the search results. If the search results are all top 10 aggregators, you're going to have a hard time coming in with a service page and outranking those guys. But as I said, most of the time, what you'll find is there's one or two aggregators in that list and then everybody else is just an individual service business. And sometimes, obviously, you're, you're still competing with bigger companies. Um, and, uh, you know, so for instance, like a national franchise, but the, the real edge that you have as a small local business is that you operate in one or two towns and that's it. Um, you know, if you look at franchises, uh, you know, that operate in 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 cities, it's harder for them. They need a lot more domain authority to rank in, in a city, in the city that you, than you do, because you're only operating in that one city. You have much more topical authority in that city because that's the only city that basically you operate in. Um, and, and Google, I've, you know, I've, I've seen a bit of a trend towards, um, you know, again, showing smaller businesses that are operating solely in one city versus, uh, you know, some of the larger, um, some of the larger franchises. Uh, and they do this because they don't want their, you know, their, their search results to basically only be showing these massive franchises. Um, so, or, you know, or yeah. franchises plus aggregators. So hopefully that answers mm -hmm. the question. That's pretty long winded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned about domain authority. Uh, how it's important to consider this metric because I know some SEO experts who uh, can tell that they don't consider domain authority because Google denies uh, having this metric. Uh, but uh, domain authority uh, depends on backlinks. If backlinks uh, came from other regions, I mean, like uh, other uh, locations, uh, is it help to with uh, ranking in specific location? I mean, like if uh, I got backlinks from New York, I don't know, uh, LA, but I'm going to rank my website in Miami. <laughs> what do you think uh, how domain authority can help on that? Yeah. And just so I can kind of uh, clarify a little bit in terms of when I, when I use the word domain authority, I'm not talking about a specific metric. Mm -hmm. I know that's, okay. that's an interest metric. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, you know, when I'm using the word of domain authority, I am referring to the backlink profile. I am referring to how old the site has been around, how much topical authority it has. So I'm just, you know, another way to kind of look at it. And again, this is the way I, when I use the word domain authority, I use it interchangeably basically with, um, you know, online presence. So like how, how robust is their online presence? And as you mentioned, backlinks are a big part of that. Um, and to sort of answer your, your more, um, sort of to, to answer the question about uh, geolocation, you know, do links help if they're not 
you know, if you're in Miami and you get a link from a site that, you know, let's say it's a general blog or it's, um, you know, it's I like, or it's, or it's a business in another city. Uh, yeah, they do, but it's certainly part of, part of the, the, you know, part of the weight is, or ranking weight is going to be based on, you know, I guess another way to say this, that's a little bit, maybe a little more clear is that, um, I would rather you know, a, a, a link from a site or a local business or a, you know, news, news, um, a news website in the town that you operate is going to carry more weight than, you know, a similar or equivalent sized local business or news site or general blog that isn't in your city. Um, so it certainly makes a difference. Yeah. Like you definitely, when, when you're talking about back, you know, building backlinks and things like that, um, if you can get the more you can get that are local, you know, it's, it's better, it's harder to do because it's just obviously you have a smaller, you know, pond deficient, so to speak, when you're talking about just exclusively grabbing local links. Mm -hmm. <coughs> uh, then I have the question, you know, okay. Uh, let's, uh, talk more about backlinks, you know, uh, uh for example what you can choose for example if you can choose only one backlink from okay. your uh location but uh, irrelevant topic or from uh relevant topic relevant websites but different location if you can choose just one what you choose sorry so my option is relevant topic different location yeah. relevant topic um in your location relevant. i mean yeah irrelevant like uh, for example if you uh sell plumbing services but you can get backlink from i don't know from uh school i don't know website or a website about uh, political stuff in your region so uh, irrelevant topic <laughs> i would i would marginally put the 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 irrelevant topic um location-based link slightly higher than the relevant topic not in the not in the location but i would say like and again there's there's kind of two levels of 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 relevance right there's there's site level which is like you know like you're talking about which is like a school linking to like a plumbing company mm -hmm. like that's like you know that's a that's a relevant like the the entire website is irrelevant and now if you go okay what about if this is a bad example because I don't think a school is going to write this article. But what if what if the school was writing about actually? Well, no, maybe let me actually back it up. I do actually have something you can go relevant. Let's say the school is writing an article about um, like they have like a career day article or something that they're talking about. And one of the things they're talking mm -hmm. about is getting into local trades and it's sponsored by such and such company uh, who's a local, you know, who's a local. Um, yeah, in the local trades. You know the article is now relevant the websites are relevant and yeah. it's local so there's kind of the there's sort of the article level relevance and then there's also the uh website level relevance and so i would say that all other things being equal if i could get a link from a relevant website as in like let's say that it was a uh let's say um let's say for instance um trying to think of a, a, a like a, a good example here but um Let's use a dentist for instance. Let's say they could get they could get a, a link from um, you know a dental trade association website or even another dentist in another city. To me, that's equivalent of a non an irrelevant local link, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if the website's yeah. relevant, like perfectly relevant, as in like they're taught they're like it's like a dentist website or like a dental trade association or a dental media site, 
that link to me is just as valuable as a local link in your market. Now, mm -hmm. if the website isn't relevant, but you have a relevant, that the content, the article is relevant, that to me is a little bit less uh, desirable. So that's kind of how I'd rank it. I don't know. That's, as I said, that's, yeah. that's, that's very much like, no, I don't have any statistical proof on that. That's just kind of over time when you've built enough links and seen enough, seen enough, you can kind of see what moves the needle. Yeah, it depends. It depends. Okay. Uh, I have the question about uh, using AI. You know, I think that was simple uh, to ignore. Uh, hard today, impossible tomorrow. And uh, I think everyone can use AI. Even, you know, I cooperate with some writers who can create content for Forbes, Bloomberg, many other well-known websites. And they... Uh, these offers use AI as well. So uh, uh, when I got content from them, I check out with AI detectors <laughs> and found that, wow, that was written by AI. Not all content, but some parts of content. And we agreed with them, don't do it anymore, please. Because of course we can't ignore AI, but it's better to use like to edit, to translate many other things, but don't generate any text with AI, even if you have great prompts, because uh, AI is great tool, but for editing, for helping with that, but not generating text. So can you tell how AI can help in local SEO today uh, from your experience? Yeah, um, I, I, my, my current opinion of it is that there are certain tasks that are you can use to basically help um, you know, speed up the work of a human. I think a lot of people say that it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, this great revelation, but, um, mm -hmm. what I found is, you know, I, I, like, for instance, like for right now, like all of our content, we don't produce with AI. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit like, um, kind of iffy on, how what that's going to look like in you know two or three years and how google's going to view that because they certainly know they can detect that um you know there's there's tools out there like you said there's like the ai uh tools out there and so i you know i'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to use ai just to like write pure articles and even and, and in the case that it, you know i think you can use it to basically write blocks and then and then heavily edit and format um, I think that's fine. You know, a lot of the examples I see are like using it for keyword research. And my take is, is kind of been like, and again, I've, I've experimented with it, kind of played around with it, you know, for keyword research. And my, my take all has kind of, my takeaway has always basically been this. There's better tools to do that exact same job right now. So, you know, going into chat GTP and, 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 you know, generating, say like generate me 10 uh, topic ideas for a plumbing company. It's kind of, it's kind of a, uh, um, it's just not a super effective way to do keyword research because you get these topics. Most of them, like I said, when we were chatting earlier about the type of topics that I want to, I want to target, they're not finding those types of topics. Um, that's not to say you can't, and that's not to say that it's not possible. I just, I just don't know. Um, I would, I would like to see more cases where they're, um, you know, I, for example, another like a really good example is I I was I was playing around with ChatGPT to basically build basic like basic online tool calculators, so like a website tool estimator. And I played around and I I built one that was actually like pretty good in like I don't know probably three or four hours, and then I was 
Googling, like searching around, it's like, oh, there, there's a SaaS that I can buy that's $15 a month to build that exact same thing. And it's going to take me an hour. So I'm still like, I'm still trying to feel it out to figure out like, what are the actual useful applications? Um, and a lot of the things that you see online, like on Twitter or whatever it might be, where it's like, here's 10 ways to use ChatGPT. They kind of suck. And they're kind of, you know, they're, they're threads that are, you know, designed for engagement. So I've, I've seen a few really promising ones where I'm, where I'm like, oh, like that, that actually is interesting. And again, obviously it's not that interesting. So I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I certainly think that, you know, as we, as it, uh, you know, moves further along, there'll be better ideas that come out with how to go about using it and making use of it. Um, but as far as like what I see most common, which is basically people plugging in an article into chat GPT, having it spit out a thousand words and then posting on their website. It's just, mm -hmm. it's like, and I've seen sites with, you know, hundreds or thousands of, of, of these types of articles. And at that point it's spam. And so it's like, there needs to be a lot more work done to that content before it's ready to go live, basically, in my opinion. So um, I think that the most useful thing that we've seen is basically like writing descriptions for like e-commerce products is, is, is you know, pretty useful. Uh, some of our sort of service and location pages, we help it to kind of prompt it to give us some content back for those. And again, that's all, you know, if we get a snippet of, of text, maybe that's like 150 words that we'll then go in and edit an add on to. So that's probably like the, the two areas that we're using it the most for right now is basically just assisting writers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I want to get back to link building. Uh, you mentioned about uh, getting backlinks from some websites like, uh, I mean, like uh, sponsorship backlinks uh, when you can be sponsor of some events. And if you are talking about uh, national SEO, it's against Google guidelines you know you you can buy a backlink you know uh, or to, you need to tag this backlink with no follow tag or a sponsor tag uh, but i see in local seo it's popular you know because it's hard to find relevant backlinks in a specific location uh, and uh, it's really hard to build backlinks with white hat seo uh, to reach out many websites to get backlinks but uh, when you sponsor yeah you can get this uh, some recognition. So, uh, do you think uh, it's working method to become a sponsor to get these backlinks uh, for local SEO or not? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll I'll just tell you what we're doing on our on our site because I think that's going to tell you more about my my thoughts on it than anything. So, uh, for Saltwater Digital, um, one of the things that we do is we we donate a certain percentage of revenue to. Uh, one percent of the planet. And our whole thing is basically we uh, we let our we let one of our employees choose whatever organization that they want to pick that month. Um, and every single time we ask them for a backlink, and we're not asking them to. Uh, and I, you know, ninety percent of the time they 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 provide a backlink. So we built a ton of backlinks through that. And again, that's not relevant. That's you know, that's like again, we're talking about like, you know, like. Um, you know, again, we're talking about basically environmental causes. So these are like, but they are local. A lot of the, their local uh, charities or, or or associations that are kind of we think are doing good things for um, mostly mostly rivers and water and, and the ocean. That's kind of like mostly what we focus on. Um, as I said, we every single time we ask for a backlink, whether that's a news post being like such and such donated X number of dollars or or being put on their sponsorship page. Um, so that's one thing. We we do a lot of link swaps. Anytime someone reaches out to me and wants to do a link swap, I say, sure. 
Like it's not going to be a huge part of it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not running campaigns around it, but we get a lot of people asking, pitching us to basically guest post on our site. And I say, no, but I'll do a link swap. Um, so that's like, you know, that those are two things we do. We add a link on every single website we build that says built by saltwater digital. It's another thing we do. Um, you know, we guest post. So, I mean, it's said, I, I am of the opinion that you, um, there's certainly good ways and there, there's good links, there's bad links. Uh, in my opinion, there's not good ways or bad ways to get those links. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Got it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, so, uh, yeah, if you play only the rules that uh, Google created, it's hard to go ahead. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, we need to adapt. Uh, then I have the question about things that I always do. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I keep doing them, but I love learning from my mistakes because I don't know another way how to get these skills by doing something because we usually start from generic methods, best practices, then we fail all the time and think how we can adapt to change, uh, to create the strategy that will work for us. So can you tell about common mistakes in local SEO that you can see and your tips how to find a much better way? Yeah, so um, the the most common thing is is just not building. Like we, we talked earlier, you know, the start of the show just about like, locations and services that's the most common that's the most common mistake is basically you have these businesses they have you know a five-page website they're hoping that their homepage basically ranks for all these relevant services and relevant locations and it just doesn't happen so um i i really do hammer on location and service pages um but i have you do see it kind of going there is such thing as too far as well um did a uh, we did a consult with a client a couple of days ago and, uh, you know, he had like 40 location pages and it's like, you know, a relatively small new brand. Um, and chances are Google's not going to love that either. Uh, especially if you're not, you know, adding unique content to those pages. Um, so that, that, that is certainly the, like the, the biggest thing, like if you're, yeah, I, I would say that, and this kind of ties into this, like if you have like an old crappy website, it's probably time to upgrade it. Cause that's like, that is something that certainly makes a difference and can matter. Um, especially if you're, like I said, if it's like a very poorly, if it's, if it's old and well optimized, that's fine. Like that's totally fine. You don't need to have a modern website for it to rank well, but most of the time it's old and poorly optimized. And then on top of that, there's just like not a lot of content. There's, there's, you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot, they're, they're not outlining the services they're not outlining the locations. And people forget too, like, you know, when, when someone goes on a website and is looking for a specific problem and you actually have that specific problem in your drop-down tab, talking about that specific problem, they know right away that they, you know, when they call you, you're not, they're not going to, you're not going to say, oh no, we don't do that. Um, you know, so it's also a conversion thing as well. Uh, same thing with locations, right? Like if you're a service-based business and someone's looking for, you know, who's 20 or, you know, who's 30 or 45 minutes outside of your town. And they're looking for a company that services them you know sometimes in those smaller towns there's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh contractors who are you know who are available so then they're starting to look at outside of that maybe immediate town in the next town over and if you have that that town in your locations pages because you actually service it you know it makes it a lot easier for that person to pick up their the phone and call because now they know you actually service that location so that's the thing i tend to harp on the most is like service pages location pages have a website that's well built, 
Um, and you know, those are kind of like the fundamentals to at least get you, get you in the game. Mm -hmm. You mentioned about content, uh, you know, uh, for example, in our SEO course, we spend so much time, uh, by, uh, creating topics, lessons about, uh, high quality content, why it's important. Uh, I got great lessons from Mike Phillips, Jeff Coyle, uh, Lily Ray shared a list of a checklist, uh, for, uh, uh, EEAT expertise, experience, authority, trust, you know, so valuable. Uh, I got her checklist and got it. Wow. Uh, I need to consider a lot more in my strategy because it's important to uh, sure. share this uh, metric. And I'm interested about uh, creating high quality content in SEO because you mentioned it's not enough content. For example, uh, uh, we have our AI tool that can help to create content at scale for all website pages on my website. But I yeah. uh, I got it. We need to edit. We need to edit to make it more quality because if you don't edit, it's just generic content, uh, no value. I think uh, you can uh, hurt your renting experience if you do, uh, if you submit this content without editing. Can you tell how to understand high quality content in local SEO? Oh, that's a good question. That's always something that's a bit of a struggle, right? Because when you look at a lot of these, when you look at a lot of local sites that rank well, like the best, the best example of this is like personal injury lawyers in the US. Like it's by far the best example of it. If you go look at any of these sites that are ranking well in almost any city, any major city, it's like three, 4,000 words. And most of it's just, most of it's just kind of there to be there for SEO purposes. Um, and so it can be a little bit difficult to distinguish between like what's high quality content and what's low quality content, because clearly a lot of that content's low quality because it's literally just droning on about the same thing over and over again, or, um, you know, covering sort of adjacent topics just for the sake of its covering. Like it's not, it's not, it's not written for humans. Like no one's going on a legal, on a lawyer's website and reading 4,000 words of content about, you know, a car accident lawyer. Like it's. It just doesn't like that's just not realistic it's just like so much content that's just useless but they rank well and you know again there's a and it's one of the most competitive spaces and that's what's kind of working and, and that's what they're doing so um we try to we try to strike a balance where again we're trying to basically make sure that um you know we we basically will say like you know, things you can add to a location page or a service page. It's like, okay, you can add the services that you offer. You can talk a little, you can talk about, um, you know, common issues, for instance, like if you're a, if you're like a heating and cooling company, maybe like, you know, there could be a section about like what, you know, when, do, when do you know it's time to have your, how often should you have your uh, furnace serviced or something like that? That could be like a small section. Um, so you can have that type of content as well. FAQs are always really good um you know like a large faq section about that specific service or topic is always useful um customer reviews like we always 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 include customer reviews um you know as i said we already talked about low uh, services you other services you offer but then also other locations you, you provide you know you service it, it can be useful um those are kind of the main things that we tend to add to uh our clients websites um you know, sometimes you can get into the benefits, like if it's like, you know, um, if you're talking about like staining a deck, for instance, um, maybe you could talk about the benefits of like, you know, longevity of, you know, increasing the longevity of your deck or fence or whatever it might be. Um, 
yeah, and then some other thing you can sometimes do too, depending on what space it's in, is of course you can go and just Google it and look into the, you know, people also ask uh, section in Google. That's usually helpful. Um, that's going to kind of help build up that topical relevance as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the, those are probably the, the that's the long-winded version of what we try to kind of think about when we're adding content to um, local businesses, uh, like location mm -hmm. pages or service pages or home pages. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. And then my final question about your experience. You know, I have some students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn from scratch. Even more, uh, when I have new clients who don't understand SEO, I usually tell them, take my course, learn from YouTube, Google, get the basic knowledge. Because uh, I usually get high results with someone who understands SEO. So we understand each other, what kind of tasks we need to implement, mm -hmm. why we need to do so. it. Uh, then we can move uh, ahead, you know, to get good results. Can you tell, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch today without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about local SEO? But local SEO, I mean, I think local SEO is so similar to all other types of SEO, there there are there's some nuance to it, but I think at the at, at its principles, all these things that we've talked about, whether it's backlinks, content, I mean, those are the two big things. To be honest with you, um, you know, having you know having a site that's like technically sound, those are three those three things all apply to every single type of SEO. Um, there's no uh, so so as much as like we like to sort of categorize you know local SEO into its own little bucket because it's got the Google business page, which again that's like the one thing that's different, and frankly that's very basic compared to, uh, you know, the rest of the topic in terms of like, you know, um, in terms of trying to rank for, you know, organically, it's the, the Google business page is much more straightforward. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I think if I was starting again and I wanted to learn about SEO, I would probably build a content site. It's probably what mm -hmm. I would do first. I would say, uh, you know, I think, I just think you can learn so much more from a content site than you can uh, working uh, you know, uh, like if you have your own business, then sure. Like, you know, you can, you can, you know, watch, watch YouTube videos, figure out kind of the basics and start trying to implement and, and, you know, um, actually practicing, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, that's an option if you have your own like local business for sure. Um, but if you don't have a local business, you know, I, I think that, you know, content sites, affiliate marketing, whatever it might be is probably still, you know, the best way to learn SEO. And I think most of like the really good SEOs I know, um, that's where they've started. You know, they've started with that that side of things. Um, now, if you want to start an agency and, you know, you're looking to basically start an agency in local SEO, then you probably just want to go work for another agency because so much of what of, of running an agency has nothing to do with SEO. It's about sales. It's about generating leads. It's about... Uh, you know, helping set client expectations, retaining clients, you know, and so it's, if, if you get a chance to kind of go see how an agency works, you know, that that's as valuable as learning, you know, what you'll learn from an SEO, you know, from the SEO perspective as, as well. So I think those are probably my two answers. If you're looking to start a, a local SEO agency, go work for an agency. If you're just looking to learn about SEO in general, go start a content site. Yeah. You know, you unhided my loving secret. Just <laughs> people know my secret <laughs> because, yeah, I, I see when webmasters overlearn, you know, they learn a lot and do nothing. Yeah. 
guys, it doesn't work. You know, if you do nothing, you get nothing. <laughs> But yeah, if you do you... nothing, you get nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just do something. Take your Just... hands to this dirty work and do it. Do it because it's like, I don't know. Uh, for example, Leo Messi don't read 100 books how to play soccer because he prefers to hit the ball thousand times a day than uh, to learn how to play soccer. Yeah, it's That's the right. same with ACO. Just do it. Uh, that's just, a big yeah. pleasure. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you just got to start practicing and, and learning and, and experimenting and seeing what, what works for yourself, right? And uh, yeah, most exactly. of the knowledge that's out there is, uh, there's you know, the, it doesn't take that long to kind of get sort of the basics down in terms of watching some YouTube videos and then just going to apply it and, and trying to figure out like, oh, okay, this is what works, this is what doesn't work, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, Most best practices don't work for me. Most best practices, uh, for example, I tried to grow my LinkedIn account uh, by using best practices. Uh, and I didn't get any results with that. Then I got it. I don't need to use best practices because it's not my strong side. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's better to think uh, where you have strong side, for example, writing, filming videos, Any, anything anything and uh yeah and think how you can uh make something different but start with best practices okay start with that then uh improve update yeah. methods yeah. uh to create something new yeah then it's exactly. a big pleasure to get on a show to learn from you tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you yeah uh my website saltwaterdigital.com Uh, and you can get me on Twitter at Dan or at Dan the Wolf. And there's an E on the end of Wolf. So W-O-L-F-E. So at Dan the Wolf. That's that's where I'm most active. Okay, guys, you can find the link to the website and the Twitter account in the description below. Uh, I open your LinkedIn account and I can see Wolf you know, on your background. So, guys, yeah, open LinkedIn account. You can see uh, orange flag background with Uh, wolf dog, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you can find it. Uh, thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love all your valuable yeah, insights. Appreciate so, you having me on. Yeah, so valuable, guys. Thanks a lot for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.